Thank you for joining us on the Author Talk Show for deep dive conversations with today's most brilliant authors as they share their story in a way you've never heard before. This episode was made possible in part by your friends at BookLogics, the people who help write, publish, and market your next book. Visit them at booklogics.com. Here's your host, Rich Casanova. All right, Rich Casanova here. We are live at our pop-up satellite studio at Serendipity here in Buckhead. And uh, we're now uh, launching a pilot concept show called The Author Talk Show. And uh, it's being broadcast on the PBC networks uh, worldwide and all of our syndicated platforms. And, of course, you can check it out on our website, probusinesschannel.com. And speaking of authors, man, do we have a great lineup for you guys here today. We have three subject matter experts in the space from three different perspectives. And uh, let's jump right into it right now. And if uh, you all would just kind of introduce yourself, as we mentioned beforehand, and uh, tell us a little bit about what you're bringing to the marketplace and how people would get in, in touch with you in 17 seconds or less. So, Neil, we go back away. So, Neil, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Hey, Rich. Uh, I am Neil Howe. I'm the author of the Trust Factor book, which is unlocking the power of the subconscious mind to create authority, credibility, and trust. And everything that I do revolves around authority positioning. All right. And uh, Jane? Hi, Rich. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your show today. I'm Jane Bishop, owner of Take the Next Step and author of The Bread Box, Life by the Slice. I invest in others and help them go for their it. You've said that before, yeah. You had that locked and loaded, ready to go. And then uh, joining us, uh, we call a walk-on guest here, right? <laughs> What's up, yeah. Uh, yeah, Amy here at um, uh, Serendipity Labs reached out to, uh, to Brian, and uh, you're joining us here in the studio. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Brian A. Prince. I'm a visual storytelling artist, uh, as well as a stunt actor for film. And I'm currently working on a graphic novel series called Manifester. Yeah, that's and you've got um, interesting uh, backstories. You got <laughs> yeah, a few I, stories. You could have us. We I could do have you on things. four different shows. Yeah, <laughs> and also joining us in the sto uh, in the studio in our show is our engineer, uh, Nick. Introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Just hope we have a good show. All right. That's, I should talk more like that. Yeah. <laughs> Neil's nodding his head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, so let's jump into it. So uh, Neil, kind of kick us off. Well, actually, I'll do a, a quick bio about yourself. So um, you're a, a best, not just an author, and you're going to talk about this, is mm -hmm. that authority and what you kind of part of your secret sauce, right? But uh, and so you're drinking your own Kool-Aid. You're a best-selling author and an entrepreneur. Neil Howe, he helps professionals leverage their knowledge to gain authority status in their industry, then uses that authority marketing, and that's really the operative word, right? Um, to get them national media attention. Um, Neil is a contributing writer for Small Business Trend Centers and Business Innovators Magazine. He's also been featured in major media outlets, including Fox, ABC, and CNN. Now you're just drop, bra bragging and dropping <laughs> names, whatever. And PBC. And yeah, three more course. initials on there. Now on yeah. PBC. Yeah, now you've arrived. <laughs> um, and you also host uh, Business Authority Radio, which you did a pilot series in our Buckhead studio, uh, Craig, and, yes. uh, yeah, back in the day. Uh-huh. All right, and uh, finally, Expert Profiles, Atlanta Podcast, and the Trust Factor radio shows, which is your book, and I'm sure they're going to be deep dive into that, right? Excellent. So talk to us about um, a little bit of your background, and each of y'all, I'm going to have you share a little bit about your, your backstory, your personal story, before we jump into the book. So uh, your life story, and I'll give you My 19 seconds on that one. Yeah. in 19 seconds, here we go. <laughs> All right, I got a little bit of an accent here, being uh, from Scotland originally, but been in the States now for 24, going on 25 years. Um, and I've done many things. So I've done real estate. I was a teacher. I've done SEO, and you know SEO is my passion. 
until I got to a point where I found something that just blew SEO away. Yeah. And that was positioning yourself as the authority in the marketplace. Um, I, I always say there's, there's two different kinds of search. There's somebody searching for somebody to help them with a service. Right. And once they've found that ser- service, so uh, if you're looking for a plumber in Atlanta, right. you're going to search Atlanta plumber. But you get a bunch of results, and now you still have to choose, which is the second search. Right. The second search. So, you know, at that point, you're looking for the most credible person, and that is the deciding factor of who you're going to choose to do business with. Right. So my focus is on helping those business people, professionals, coaches, consultants, position themselves as that authority so that they are the ones that are chosen over the competition. Yeah, so it's not just, you know, they're ranking and, um, and you know, they add words, whatever, right? It's actually uh, mm-hmm. where they're perceived and um, as an authority in that space, right? Subject matter expert. Yeah, well, you know, there's so much on reviews and reputation oh, yeah. and things right now, and that has been a focus for a, a good amount of years. But if you look at, like, a doctor's website, if you find a doctor's name or you get a recommendation or yeah. a referral or something like that, uh, you go and look for them online, and the only thing that you're going to find about them generally is a directory yeah. that yeah. lists, you know, a hundred other doctors that you might choose from as well. Same with lawyers; they're notoriously bad at, you know, positioning themselves that actually tells their story and how they're going to be able to help somebody. So, uh, you know, I challenge people to go and look and look at yourself as well when you're searching online. What is coming back? Is it coming back stuff that you control? like your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your website, you know, maybe different directories that you're listed on, or is it coming back with third-party recommendations from, you know, different sites, especially those authority sites like Pro Business Channel. <laughs> uh, All right. Or ABC, right, like NBC, it. CBS, <laughs> yeah. Fox, you know, and that's what people I think are really looking for is that third-party credibility. Yeah, because we can, um, you know, it's one thing to speak about yourself and you should do that as your personal branding. But like you said, when you have not in addition to a third party, but that significant um, entity, Mm. it just really raises the bar and your fees and so forth and so on. Right. Yeah. Um, So talk to us about this. uh, The number one problem. That, uh, that's facing these these folks. Well, Rich, you are helping people with that number one problem, and I think that number one problem is obscurity. It's uh, simply there aren't enough people that know about you and what you do. So you've got to get your message out there, and you've got to get noticed. I say there's there's three things, and it goes back to the old no like and trust. Right. You know, first, people have to know you. You've got to capture attention, and we're in the digital attention span economy right now to where, you know, I think we're at about eight seconds, which is less than a goldfish. I've read that study, yeah. We don't have attention anymore, so you've got to do something different, and that's where the authority platforms come in because people recognize what these authority logos are. And, uh, you know, going back into the book, I talk about the subconscious mind. Uh, People are making decisions before they even read anything about you. They're making instant decisions. And that's like the primal brain. And this is all backed up by neuroscience. And, you know, neuromarketing is something that is really becoming really popular. Looking at these stats. But people are making decisions about you before they even read anything about you. 
So you've really got to use these logos, like you have the logos up here. They, mm. These are all recognized logos, and that's what's capturing people's attention rather than just you know posting a blog on your own website. It's not really cutting it these days. Well, that was one of uh, our observations early on is uh, as excited we are about our brand, the Pro Business Channel, let's not just, you know, our, our mantra is converting conversations to content. So I go to a lot of events, as I'm sure you guys do, and it's amazing uh, what you learn, but it just vaporizes because it wasn't captured. So it's all over our site and a part of our uh, DNA that we want to take these conversations and convert them into content like Neil was talking about here in the studio. So we, we then take this show will then be permeated and distributed across uh, 30 some odd other platforms um, where there's uh, those audiences will find out about your message. So um, Neil, hold tight for a second because our second segment, you have your books right here. We want to talk about that, right? Um, and we want to talk about... Um, you know, this go back to this authority and the trends, right? But let's talk to Jane here just for a second. So Jane, uh, same to you as well, right? So what's your backstory before you got to where you are today, right? In 19, well, I'll give you 22 seconds. 22 Jane. seconds. Well, if that was 17 God, seconds that Neil yeah, right. took. Wow. 22 seconds. I don't know, Brian. What do you think? Now you have 18. Yeah. <laughs> you got go for it. <laughs> I have a lot of my backstories. Anybody does, because everybody has their own story. Absolutely. Basically, I am doing as a business owner what I've been doing all of my life, just in different contexts. Rich, I've been in the academic, athletic world as a coach and a teacher. I was in the corporate world, and now I'm in the solopreneur, business owner world. And the thing about it, you, we often hear that people reinvent themselves, transform themselves, which are great. I like to think I've just continued to hone my skills as I've changed environments because my my passion has not changed about investing in people and helping them, you know, tap into their it factor and be the best they can be. Growing up as a military kid, uh, that has helped me because um, the first 18 years of my life, I lived in 11 different cities, four different states. And one foreign country. Wow. In fact, the longest that my nuclear family, my parents and three brothers and I lived in one place was three years in Germany. Mm. Wow. So I, I learned to adapt quickly and, and take into an appreciation where I was at the moment. Was that Ramstein in Germany? or Because um, my brother sir, was in the Air Force and... No, it was uh, it was uh, Permisons was the army, or as they oh, okay. say, Permisons <laughs> was the army base. But we went to Ramstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so Jane, we're going to come back to you in just a second and, and uh, deep dive on how you're helping people right now and about your book, uh, Brian. So, uh, <laughs> yo, how much time do you need? But yeah, tell um, us. I, mean, I could sum it up. Like, okay, it's uh, you just want like the life story, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, so I'm a visual storytelling artist, uh, fancy way of saying I draw comics. But before, <laughs> now you're talking about what you're doing now. Yes. I'm say from, from whence you came, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so. I, I've been drawing since I was about eight, okay. eight or nine, as long as I can remember. It's just something I always really enjoyed to do. It wasn't until later or recently actually I realized it was just me. That, that was my focus coping mechanism. Okay. But um, yeah, I've always enjoyed telling stories. Um, and so when I was in high school, I knew I wanted to go to art school. So I did three years at Kennesaw State, and then I wanted to do more storytelling-based artwork. So I transferred to SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design in Atlanta, actually down the road. Yep. And uh, yeah, I graduated from there in 2013 uh, with a degree in sequential art. 
Sequential art. What yes, is that? That like? is the fancy word for graphic novels and comic books. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> that's what we say to sound fancy and stuff. Yeah, it's it does, basically yeah, it's so. basically comics Hogwarts, like my time <laughs> oh, in Skyrim. Right, nice, but um, no, it was great. And then um, along with that, I'm also a stunt performer for film. I got into that. I know, I saw that. So yes. uh, on your bio, your resume here, it includes uh, uh, some. Stunts, acting, mm-hmm. film, The Predator. Tell yes. me about that. Yeah, so the, the Predator film that just came out this last month, that's me in the suit. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> a, can I get an autograph here? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> that's so, a trip. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm 6'10, and so I've been doing um, parkour. It's like a physical discipline. That's what Amy was yeah. saying. This dude, he's 6'10, does parkour. I'm like, I got to meet this guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for 10 years. That led to me doing stunts for film. And I've been doing kind of all three of those things primarily, like comics, stunts, parkour. And the reason I always mention all three is because they've all associ- they've all affected each other. Like there's like you can see like the the artwork, like visual story oh sorry, visual storytelling helped with my um acting and then, you know, parkour and movement helped with my art and they all kinda so oh. have you been on? Are you going to be on an upcoming of, uh, American Ninja Warrior or no? <laughs> no, not that one. I actually was almost on that once. But oh, yeah? I just, yeah, I didn't. It wasn't That's my cup. Trip, yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, I've been on it several times when I'm on the couch watching it. Yes. That's about the extent of it, yeah. Um, okay, so um, we want to get back to Authority and Neil. But so, so Brian, tell us about um, the, the current book you're working on. Uh, the current book I'm working on is a, it's a graphic novel series. Uh, my publisher is Simon & Schuster. And it's like a youth, 9 to 11-year-old uh, adventure story. Yeah. Um, so is, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's not a children's book, right? It's, uh, it's definitely child accessible, but okay. I'm trying to do something that all audiences could enjoy. But I'm really trying to hit like a demographic of like 9 to 12-year-old boys. Because I want to get your quick uh, uh, a thought on this. I mean, the children's book thing is just really like blowing up. It's huge, right? Yeah. It seems it's like every up. celebrity mm-hmm. and every person, and that's that's almost something I could, you know, uh, Nick, could you write a children's book, right? Probably, right? Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a few words, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, um, that's where, uh, I mean, what's his name? Jimmy um, Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. He has that children's book, yeah. and he's and he jokingly says, like, uh, it only has, like, a couple of words in there, mama, dada, and it's all pictures, whatever, yeah. Right? yeah. I think what's cool about the two is, like, the funny thing with children's book is, books is we'll do these illustrative, fun to digest stories that are good for kids to learn. But what I'm trying to do, I'm basically trying to do the same thing for a, like, late middle school, early high school audience of, like, something fun, action-packed, but at the same time, a lot of, like, lessons in there. Yeah, the lessons. I mean, that's the operative word, right? Because a lot of the the kids' movies, the Disney, or especially Dr. Seuss, it was to a children's audience. But when on the adult level, there's these principles that really like um, uh, apply and uh, come into play. So, um, all right. So, Neil, talk to us about um, the trust factor here. What's the mission and the project there in in the book? Well, I mentioned a little bit more about it. Uh, It's about unlocking the power of that subconscious mind in the minds of your prospects um, to develop that authority, credibility, and trust. And ultimately, it comes down to trust. Uh, You know, you you can know and like somebody, and I know I'm like you, Rich. Yeah. Uh, we're working on the trust thing. We're working thing. on the trust still. It's a little awkward, yeah. <laughs> trust? You got to earn it or whatever. Yeah, I respect yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You have low trust or high trust? <laughs> well, I got to read the book first, apparently. Yeah, yeah. The title but, is called The Trust Factor, yeah. Yeah. So it really is about developing that trust, um, you know, it, the know, like, and trust. First of all, you, you have to be known, and that's, you know, countering that obscurity problem that everybody has. But then you have to keep your your message going and you know like you said Jane everybody has a story 
and they want to tell that story, whether it's on a podcast format like this, which, right. you know, Rich and I both believe in uh, very strongly. Everybody has a story to tell. Yeah. I think the statistics out there is about 84% of people want to write a book. Only one, 84. Yeah, I think only 1% of yeah, people I, eventually do. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned earlier that it's getting a little bit easier to actually publish the book through self-publishing yourself. Right. What's, what's the hurdle for that? What's the uh, challenge for people um, uh, not I, that of those 1% that get to there? I, I think they just don't know how to start. You know, there's definitely a formula for doing it. Uh, one of the easiest ways to do it that I've found is on a medium such as this, the podcast. You can talk out your story yeah, yeah. through, you know, bullet points, and you can have a great deal of content that you can use so many different ways. It can be repurposed so many different ways, and a book is just one of them. But once you have that book, it becomes your centerpiece, your marketing piece. It's something that you can go up on a podcast, radio show, right. tour. Uh, you can get yourself on television to talk about that book. And that ultimately is where the trust comes in. You know, if you if you are trying to make a decision between, uh, you know, going to a dentist that, you know, from your meetup group, group that seems like a, a pretty nice guy, he seems to know what he's talking about, or you know, a, a recommendation from somebody who has written a best-selling book on, you know, the dental work, the right. root, root canals or whatever it might be. And That's a book the, I'd love to read, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and is the authority on, you know, the local news. He's called in to give his expert opinion. You know, who are you going to choose? Yeah. Right? You're going to choose the one that has the most trust. Um, looking at your book right here, I'm looking at uh, chapter, looks like, or page 87, um, Creating brand loyalty. Talk to us about that. How does how does a company? Because we're on the business channel. So as a listener, what are some um, takeaways in that chapter? I think brand loyalty is just about knowing, you know, first of all who you are, and then what you stand for. Uh, I don't know if anybody's heard of uh, Frank Kern here. He is one of the highest paid uh, consultants in the uh, digital space. But, you know, his motto is, you know, show that you can actually help people by actually helping them. Yeah, and that's I, a novel I think, idea. Yeah. yeah, I know. And I think that's, you know, what, what we have to do. You have to reach out. You have to uh, share your message. You have to share that not only you have the authority, but you have the empathy and that you understand people's problems yeah. and that you are willing and able to solve them. And I think that is the kind of brand message that you want to share. It's not necessarily about branding and making sure that your logo is out there everywhere. Well, that's important. It's sharing your brand story that is the most important part so, yeah. so that people can relate to you and understand that, yes, this is the person that I want to do business with. And I should mention, uh, if anybody wants to jump in with a question, feel free. This is an open oh, panel cool. discussion, so jump in with a follow-up question if you like as well. Follow-up comment. Yeah, sure. Uh, Rich, I love what you said, Neil, about show people that you want to help them and then actually help them. Yeah. I mean, that, that is key. That, that aligns perfectly with, you know, kind of the objective of my book. But mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people, that, that demonstrates that you are uh, caring and that yeah. you are invested in people. And the follow through. Which, which helps the trust factor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 100%. Um, so, so, Jane, talk to us about uh, your book, The Bread Box. Um, and is this your first book or... Um, 
This is my first book, yes. Well, congratulations one, one on that. One of several, thank you very much. We'll insert the applause yes, here in a moment. You, yeah. Yes, applause, applause. <laughs> yeah, congrats. My, my book, uh, gentlemen, since uh, I'm, you, you all on the, uh, out there in, in radio land should see the great group of guys I'm with. I can, so I'll just take them all in for you. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's, it's a series of personal narratives. And then at the end of each narrative are activities to encourage the reader to create their own slices of life. And I believe I'm an expert at living life by the slice. And part of that was my early upbringing, (laughs) as I mentioned before. Living life by the slice. Living life by the slice. And so I share these personal narratives and encourage people to create their own so that they have a storehouse of moments in life, mile markers that they can draw from, from their own inspiration and their own encouragement. And the activities, I use kind of a coach approach because I'm a professional credential coach. So it's, it's challenging people to tap into where they are. And I, what Neil was talking about a minute ago, and it kind of piggybacks what you just said, is correct me if I'm wrong, but um, is that one of the things about personal branding, sometimes it's uh, our uh, you know, people don't, they feel like they don't want to brag about themselves, right? Mm. I mean, people, have t- you know, told me recently, it's like, Rich, you've created, you know, this network, uh, we have a half a million downloads, all the syndication, so forth and so on, and we're creating some traction, we've had some pretty amazing guests in there, but I always feel like, for one reason or another, I'm like, um, I don't want to be, you know, the face of the channel or front, you know, front and center, it's more about the company or the brand, but at some point, you got to step up, Right. Right, you know, uh, and a lot of people have a problem with that, you know, the imposter syndrome. And, yeah. and one oh, of, that, one I didn't of, know it had a name to it, yeah. yeah. I love that. Write yeah. that down, imposter syndrome. It's a, that's it's a thing. It is. It's where yeah. you li- live in the land of self-sabotage. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things that I use to counter that is uh, what we call the humble brag. Okay. And yes, oh, I like you, you are positioning yourself, but while you're doing that, you're thanking everybody. So, nice. Rich, you know, I want to thank all the people over the years that have been into the studio yeah. that have told their stories. We've now had over 500,000 downloads. You know, we're recognized as an authority. So you're really praising somebody else and giving gratitude to somebody else while yeah. still positioning yourself as that thought. Kind of to the collective community rather mm. than just Rich Casanova as, as a person. Yeah, so I, I, I love that. Yeah, I feel like, like between like Predator and art school, I, I could write a book on the imposter syndrome. It's just, yeah. it's such a, it plagues a lot of creative people because it's something you kind of enjoy doing and then it becomes the thing you do. And then right. suddenly people are like, oh, I love you do this. You're like, I'm just kind of like, I'm faking it. Like, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing, and that's what you're thinking to yourself. And like, but you can't you can't see yourself the way that they see you. And I mean, exactly you, what you're saying. It's just you got to kind of just take it and like humble brag and be aware of it. Have you experienced some of that personally yourself? Oh yeah, right. no, the entire the entire time. Um, I mean, like half of the time I was on Predator. Well, because you're yeah. just you're doing your yeah. thing that you enjoy your passion. Yeah. You're not necessarily looking f- to be. Uh, out front or bragging about it, right? Yeah. In, in that sense, because sometimes it has a negative connotation, right? And some people do that, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember, I, I'll just, I remember uh, when I was in radio out in California, um, you know, early on, and I was there on the air for a number of years, but uh, at some point I was, at, I did a lot of their live events. So I'd be on in the studio, but then I'd go out and do all their live events. And then um, I remember first time somebody came up and asked me for my autograph. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that's a big one. It was one. just weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I said, no, I'm like, I just, I'm not going to sign an autograph, yeah. right? Yeah. It's funny. I have it worse with the, uh, with artwork, with like my comics work than I do with the acting. Because with the acting and stuff, it's something I, I no pun intended, fell into. And so I kind of, like, oh, I'm like, I'm figuring it out. But with 
But then when I'm sitting at my art table doing this thing I've been doing for most Since of my life, I'm yeah. just like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. And right, it, yeah. it's a lot harder. Yeah. Well, Rich, this imposter factor, as Brian, you mentioned, is really uh, prominent and drives a lot of people's lives. And one, yeah. of, one of the personal narratives in my book is called Actual Size. Yeah, I saw and that. I saw that chap- it, chapter. It, it's in there, a yeah. takeoff <laughs> on driving down the interstate in Atlanta and seeing the, a little smart car in the midst of the the sea of like these huge, <laughs> you know, vehicles. <laughs> and basically, there's a lot of people trying to be somebody they're not. Yeah. So not only in the trust factor with other people, they have lost or or have not or, or have disengaged the trust in themselves. Right. So they've lost tapping into their own it factor. Nick and I were talking prior to the broadcast. You know, Nick is the only thing, only body person that can bring the Nick factor to the mm-hmm. table, nice. like yeah. all of us yeah. around the table. So when you are yeah. your actual size, in other words, you stay in your lane and you embrace embrace who you are, that minimizes the imposter syndrome. Yeah, being like honest about it. Exactly. And, yeah. Nice. I agree. I agree for sure. Yeah, it's it's something I definitely have to check myself on a lot. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the more I talk about it openly, it like. I'll mention it, and then someone else will be like, "Oh my gosh, I feel that way too." And yeah, then, and exactly, because yeah. you're telling your story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Jane, I was just looking through your table of contents, yeah. and uh, can you explain the UN zone? Like, what 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 chapter is that about? The the unzone. Uh, the unzone. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not to give away the full little personal narrative, but basically, it's unplugging. You know, creating some aspect of your life and practicing an unzone. Un- unzone yourself from your phone. Mo- remove yourself from those daily things that we are so keyed into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, it starts with 10 minutes a day. Put your phone on silent for 10 minutes a day. You're in that unzone. You can be l- more focused. You can be less distracted. So, And then there's some activities at the end of that little narrative, Nick, like the others, about how to create those unzones for yourself. You have to read the book to get the rest of the story. That's yeah. right. That's a little it. teaser. A teaser in the business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Neil, you just really kind of opened this Pandora's box on this uh, imposter syndrome. You know, I never really put a label on it, right? Mm. Um, so how, how would you coach someone, or anybody can jump in on this, how would you coach someone to get, get past that? And when I say someone, I'm talking about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, the, this phrase expert is thrown right. around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a ton of experts out there, but people are uncomfortable calling themselves an expert. And, I, I, and you know, you don't go around and say, hey, I'm the expert in this. <laughs> yeah. You look at people like Dave Ramsey, who's, right. you know, one of the most recognized people in the financial world. Right. Uh, he sticks to one specific thing within that financial world, which is, you know, micro-specialization, which is, is what I call it, is one little thing, and he's a master at that. You know, he is an expert at that, but he doesn't go around calling himself an expert. Yeah. Instead of trying to position yourself as the expert, you should be trying to position yourself as the educator and the advocate for the success of your clients. I love and, that. And once people understand that that's where you are, they're going to see you as the expert. You don't have to go around sharing that message. Um, and it, it's definitely a really hard thing for people to get over. And yeah. you know, we talked about that uh, imposter syndrome. But if you really change your focus and say, you know, what, what does it mean to be an expert anyway? You know, if you put yourself in a position that you are willing and able to help somebody, say you are a plumber. Yeah. And you've gone through school 
and you know how to solve problems. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's about solving problems. I don't know anything about plumbing, so I need somebody to solve my problem. If you, Rich, are willing and able to do that, then you are an expert in my eyes. So talk to us about, um, in your book, uh, obviously one of the chapters that jumps off my off the page to me is starting a podcast. Right. So um, we're on a podcast right now. This is uh, what the sandbox we play in. So I'd be interested to hear um, why you would encourage someone. What's the, uh, the win there, right, with a podcast? What, what can people do with that? Um, there, there's a couple of things. First of all, podcast guesting is really powerful, and that is just you know, going from show to show and sharing your message. Uh, that is one aspect of podcasting that I advise everybody to do because you're giving your message to a different audience every time. But also, and it gives you authority in that position right. as well, being a guest. But also as the host of a podcast, it also gives you that authority and it gives you the opportunity to speak to people in your ideal target market that you might want to do business with uh, later. And, you know, you're going to learn, you're going to interact with these people, which is the thing that I've got most out of podcasting is just the amount of knowledge that you get from talking to all these experts. You know, it really positions you as, you know, a place to build your education level. I mean, it's just in my experience, uh, moving from radio to podcasting, which we call is the new radio, right? Mm -hmm. Content on demand. Just having the studio, it's just, it's been like a think tank. I mean, I'm there with uh, just fascinating people from around the world uh, that have flown into Atlanta and so forth, shared their story. I mean, billion dollar brands to startups to iconic, um, you know, entities and so forth. I mean, it's just been fascinating. But um, okay, so um, we're, we're running a little bit short on time. So a uh, little bit more roundtable here. So before we forget, Neil... Best way to people find out about you and your book and whatever you want to kind of call to action, if you would? Uh, best way to find out me is to go to theauthorityarchitect.com. And to find out more about the book is neilhowtrustfactor.com. Okay. And thank God for spell check on architect and all yeah. that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Neil, uh, hold tight. We got some follow-up questions for you. But, Jane, uh, before we give out, again, your, your call to action, talk to us about this uh, five behaviors of a cohesive team assessment tool facilitator. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's a it's a intersection of the DISC assessment, which if you know anything about that, that's a yeah. self-awareness, self-discovery tool. And uh, Patrick Lincioni's, which I always mispronounce his last name, <laughs> the five dysfunctions of a team. It's taking those five dysfunctions, connecting them with the DISC behavior so that teams can better understand where their low trust factors, where their lack of conflict, you know, working their way up to being a fully functional team. And it's a training that I offer to teams, businesses, teams within large organizations. It can be done all at once if they want to go full dive in for three days, or we do it in modules. So it's not the three days like Tony Robbins where they're fire walking no, or whatever. They're no, up till 4 no, no, a.m. No. in the morning. In fact, I, I, do not, I do not recommend doing it in three days. <laughs> right. I recommend doing it by modules because yeah, that, that yeah. gives a team time to, to process, absorb, yeah, yeah. absorb, and apply. Yeah, that's a great uh, approach. Um, so, Brian, how would yes. folks uh, find you? Um, my I primarily use Instagram and Twitter. Okay. It's yeah. at the BA Prince, and my website is thebaprince.com. B.A. Prince. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. my initials. Uh, I know. I see the initials, but it's kind of funny. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, be a prince. Be a prince, yeah. <laughs> or the, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I get it. Um, 
So what's next? Or um, I mean, are you still involved with uh, SCAD with that uh, that community? Or um... Um, I mean, not really. The the main thing right now is I'm working on a graphic uh, my graphic novel series. I was yeah. actually that's what I was doing earlier today. Uh, before that's why <laughs> I almost, pulled you away. Yeah, and yeah, we said was, get over here quick. Yeah, yeah. I was working with uh, my friend who's a writer, and, and we were spitballing ideas. And give a shout out to your friend uh, there. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, shout out to John Rock. Okay. Uh, you're awesome. Um, and yeah, so but yeah, just to give like a brief about the book because um, I'm more in process, but still. Um, like it, there's there's three main things I wanted to do. Uh, what were you gonna say? No, go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's just three things I'm trying to do with this series. Uh, like first and foremost, I'm, it's a, it's like kind of a fun combination of the acquired skills that I've had from the last uh, few years and the years before that in school. And I wanted to do something very fun and exciting for like a youth audience. But the uh, the other two things I wanted to do are a little bit more impactful. I'm I think we I think a lot of people downplay like how important fictional media is, especially these days. Um, you know it's. It's uh, more important than it's ever been before. And I think, you know, since a lot of people are just kind of pumping fiction out there, I think it's kind of our, our responsibility as storytellers to really leave audiences with, you know, things to think about and um, like ways to think about themselves. And so with my story, there's, there's two things I want to hit on. One is representation. So I wanted to have a lot of characters of color in the story for no other reason than that they are there. Right. Um, as, like as a person of color, it's it's sometimes a little frustrating when the only time you're on screen or on the page is when it's like I used you know I used to be a slave or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, Playing okay, that cool, character, but, yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, I basically person. I have an adventure story like you know filled with all different kinds of ethnicities for for no reason. Like there's just like that's who the story is about. But like even more than that, like the biggest why for my story is I wanted to touch on the like concept of emotional vulnerability within young men. Um, I think there's, you know, because of fictional media to a point, you know, I mean like Predator, right? Like you look at like the 1987 yeah. Predator and it's these, you know, muscle dudes who don't have feelings. But because of that, I feel like, you know, it kind of leads a lot of young men to think, you know, oh, feelings are bad. I'm not supposed to have feelings. Right. But, you know, if you like talk a lot or if you read about a lot about like emotional vulnerability, it's, it's not about, you know, being like overly emotional. It's just about knowing that your emotions are there, they're real, and you should manage them and listen to them because they're telling you things. And so one thing I wanted to try to do with this adventure story is have like two main characters from two, two different perspectives. One is a, a young man uh, about 20 to 25 and the other one's um, about 10 to 13 or so. And it's just me trying to use them as examples of, of kind of different and, and this is yeah. the first book series you're working on? Yes. So I'm, I was going to ask our expert panels over here, using the word expert and authorities, <laughs> what advice uh, Jane and, and Neil would you all give to uh, Brian? So Brian, here, I, I'd offer you two invitations. Please. That, that's my coaching hat. So yes. two <laughs> invitations. One, eliminate the word try. Okay. You're already doing it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's one invitation. Second invitation, some writers get caught up in, okay, what's the right way? What's the right process? Yeah. Ditch that. Okay. What's Brian's way? What's Brian's process? And stay with that. All right. Oh, that's really helpful, actually. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Neil, thoughts of world-changing uh, uh, wisdom yeah, here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're doing something that 84% of the population want to yeah. do right now. And, you know, you've just got to have the confidence to go forth and do that. And, uh, you know, it's going to be great when, you, when it's finally complete. It's something to be really proud of and Thanks. to market. Yeah. Um, so what, do you have a timeline on that or, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be done next year. Okay. Yeah. So it should be out in 2020. Good. So, okay. We're going to yeah. invite you back, uh, as an official, um, uh, authority. Yeah. When I actually have and a book maybe to a, out. And Neil, Neil can help you with it being a best-selling author, not just an author. Yeah. And we'll have you on author talk show for a follow-up. Yeah, great. Yeah. Look um, forward to it. Did somebody have a question here or, um, 
No, I just wanted to give my where you can find me information. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rich, I, I failed to do that a while ago. You can find me at takethenextstepcct.com or on Twitter, rjanebishop. And um, I had another question, I think, for Neil here. Um, Neil, uh, talk to us about industry trends, and anybody can, can jump in here. Too. We talked about, I mean, a comic book, uh, those are hot. The coloring books, I, that, that was a cycle there for adults, would it, right? The children's book. What are you seeing in, uh, trending in the publishing industry, if you will? Because now you have ebooks. There's a lot of competing podcast, audio, you know. Yeah, I mean, ebooks are definitely a great thing, but it's b- being able to have that physical book and put it into somebody's hands. You know, if, if you're going to an event and you can hand somebody a book, you know, it never gets thrown away. You know, I get business cards all the time and, you know, I don't even have a place to put them. Yeah. They go from my desk to the trash usually, yeah. uh, but I'm never going to throw a book away. So having that physical book is paramount. Yeah, actually, speaking of that, we have a couple of your books still on the shelves of the studio. I have a couple at home to whatever, too. So now I have another one to add to the library. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jane, what are you seeing uh, d- trending or in the industry? One of the things I'm seeing is that people are are so getting caught up in wanting to have a publication, they're throwing something together, mm. be it an ebook or a physical book. And I I would encourage those to those people who are wanting to write a book, take the time to make sure that it's a good product, even if it's an ebook form. Right. When it's when you slap it together and it looks like an afterthought, that does not bode well for your brand. Mm. And as Neil said earlier, he didn't use these words, but your brand is to make yourself be unique and memorable. You don't want to be unique and memorable for having a, <laughs> a, a, a sloppy, a project. sloppy <laughs> project. So that's, that's one of the trends that I'm seeing. So that's not a, that's a negative trend. Right, yeah. mm. Well, you know, just to kind of, you know, have another point with that, there, there are a lot of people out there that want to do the ultimate guide to, which uh, is the yes. all-encompassing yeah. book. Yeah. But, you know, talking about more of the micro-specialization, I just did an interview a couple of weeks ago with uh, Donna Sardula, who is the expert on LinkedIn profiles. So that's the only thing that she does is LinkedIn profile. And there are so many things that you could write about LinkedIn, but she's picked one thing and she's written a whole book of, on Wow. how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. So it doesn't have to be this whole big thing that right. you have a 300-page book, but it's just focused uh, information. Yeah, yep. It could be a series. You could take one thing and mm. create a series like what I'm doing. So you could create a series, Brian, in your That's what you're working books. on as well, right? Yeah, the yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great, um, thanks. Yeah, it's it's much. It's funny you mentioned a series. Is that uh, we've had conversations in the past about creating a compilation book and then making a series, right? I mean, mm. every I think every everybody's authors their uh, uh, the holy grail is to have um, the chicken soup for the soul, right? Mm. Um, right. I mean, so if you can create a franchise or a series, and um, Neil's just packing to talk to us about this book. You just expert profiles. Uh, uh, this is awesome. Yeah, Conversation with that, influencers and innovators. That is exactly what you're talking about. You know, during my podcast, I, I take the message that people share uh, via the podcast and we put it into written format. You know, the book's called Expert Profiles, which is Conversations with Influencers and Innovators. And that's a good starting point. If somebody wants to write a book, it's a great place to start just sharing how you're able to get your story out on paper uh, to give you a good idea of 
you know, how to do it for yourself. And of course, we that is a best-selling book as well. So you know, I think all your books are. Right? They, <laughs> they are. They, they better They're, be. Whatever. That's yeah. part of your personal brand. Yeah. Uh, um, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, Nick and I, we were just having this conversation um, last week or ten days ago about um, this, this series of books. Right and uh, for Pro Business Channel, all the interviews that we've had with people, uh, and we've we've talked about this. If they, we just might feature uh, one person in each chapter, mm. right? Because that's something. Because one of the challenges we didn't really talk about, but it's kind of obvious in writing a book. Those that eighty four percent that do, that want to, the one percent that do, is it's overwhelming. It's daunting, right? Just looking at a blank page, right? But like you said, if you even have a conversation, um, and we can basically transcribe that conversation, polish it up. And then put it into a chapter, not an entire book. And I see one of the trends, as we're seeing visually here in the studio, is I was, um, most books now are the quick paperback. I'm looking at one of your books is 109 pages, the other is 128, and one is 138 or something like that, right? So um, it's something that people can uh, sit down, you know, and read in, a, in a one setting or, you know, a couple of a cups of coffee kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't feel so uh, they're going to put that down, you know, down the road at some point. And I'll just fin- you know, kind of finish on this. Speaking of the, that's a trend I see, right? In the hundred page, some yes or yes. Well, yes. you I mean, know, what's yes. this, what's a series or science but Why is that? Yes. Uh, another thing that people don't realize about this book, and it's a little bit sad because uh, the authors put so much into writing the book and putting great content yeah. into the book. But especially if you have a, a business book. Only about 10% of people that you give it to will get past the first chapter. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for having a book and the authority that you get for just having a book right. or a best-selling book. It's really about that authority positioning. The fact that only 10% of people will actually read it, you know, that's to their detriment because they're not right. getting everything that they could get from it. But, you know, it's more about the fact that you have a book. But even that, if it's a 400-page hardbound or whatever, you know, I'm going to, when I take a vacation or whatever, I'll read that, right? Yeah, but yeah. a book like this, yeah. I can just pick up. And like Jane, I think Jane was talking yeah. about, if you have, you know, a, you know, a thousand-page book, put it in 10 different books, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. As a series. And that's why the, that's exactly, Neil, why the format of my book is a little you know, two-page narrative. Right. They're bite-sized. Mm. They're slices. They're slices of life. Life by the there slice. Is, no yeah. pun intended. And it, the bread it, box. it's designed for people to read a couple of people, be encouraged, thought-provoking, put it down a couple of days later if they want to, you know, pick it up again. That's it. And, and that and goes back to the digital attention oh, span economy. Absolutely. We only have just, just attention just quick. to do... And, and, and if you doubt this, the science behind this 100-page or less book, right? I mean, I'll just share this with you real quick. I'm a, I'm a bit obsessed with the Shark Tank, right? <laughs> so it's just a fascinating uh, front-row seat to billionaires and the way they, they, they think, their thought process, and then the interaction with the average person. They're all in, you know, right? But, but beyond that, so, so uh, seeing Mark Cuban and all the sharks, so I actually ordered Mark Cuban's book. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought I'll get this, you know, just this huge book will land there on my it'll I'll take me a year to read it or whatever. This is amazing, you know, thoughts and insight. And uh, a few weeks went by and I didn't really see the book and I forgot about it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, what happened to my book from Mark Cuban? Right. And then I went through my mail and there was a manila envelope that I hadn't opened. Huh. And I opened it up and it was a 71 page book huh. by a billionaire. Mm. Right, so on one hand, I was a little disappointed. I'm thinking, where's my wealth of knowledge? Whatever. Right, but the other hand, I went to this. I thought, if this is a way a billionaire thinks that the, this needs to be presented, then yes, uh, yeah, and to you know, 
You can rarely go wrong practicing the three C's. You can apply it to any aspect of writing, whether it's email or book. Clear, concise, and compelling. Yeah. Mm. You follow those three C's, you can rarely go wrong. Yeah, to throw Casanova in there as the last C. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) To cement that point, Rich, I just ordered uh, Kevin Harrington's new book. Oh, yeah. The original Shark Tank, yeah. Yeah, when I got it, it wasn't even a book. It didn't even have a spine. It was (laughs) printed paper stapled in the middle. Oh, my gosh. It was about the perfect pitch. But you know what? I read it quickly. Yeah. And the content, and it was great. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, we are officially overtime. Nick, are we overtime? Yes or yes? But this is a great show, right? Yeah. Thumbs up. All right. So um, uh, on behalf of Nick, our engineer, uh, Rich Casanova here for the Pro Business uh, Channel, uh, excited to share uh, these first, hopefully a series of the author talk show here on the Pro Business Channel. I want to thank all of our guests here one more time for uh, joining us in the studio and uh, stay tuned for more conversations with authors.